This is the Office Manager Diaries, a podcast all about the highs and the lows of professionals in office management around the world. We'll delve into their career journeys and diaries where they'll share their stories, tips for success and only things office managers understand. Enjoy and please remember to give us a follow. Hello everybody, it's Hannah Gray here back with another episode of the Office Manager Diaries. I'm here with Steph Droog, who is the Office Manager for Research Partnership. And she is also somebody that I can call a friend. So I'm delighted to have her on so I can ask her some questions and we can get to know each other a little bit better. Hi, Steph. Hi, Hannah. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How about you? Yeah, not bad. It's Friday, right before a long weekend. Everything's all good. (laughs) Indeed. And we've just done the office management show, so I'm very tired. So if I sound a bit croaky, everybody, I'm very sorry. But luckily, I don't have to do much more talking because this is all about you today, Steph. So I'm really excited to say to delve in a bit deeper and get to know you a little bit more and more about your history with with the, the role and the profession as well. So thank you for joining us. That's all right. So first off, can you tell us about you and your career history and how you first got into office management and how long you've been doing it for now, please? Yeah, sure. So if the people that know me, they know that I'm not English. So I moved to the UK about eight years ago and I started for a small travel agency as an admin person and I didn't do that long. I stayed there for two months when the director actually said to me, like, listen, I think you're too good to be an admin person. I want you to come in the commercial team, which I happily accepted because it was more money as well at the time. So I was like, great, yes, let's do this. I found out I wasn't really good at sales. I really, really didn't like it. Um, It was very, very stressful as well. I ended up working during the weekends, which is, you know, you shouldn't really be doing that. And um, I just realized like, okay, what do I do like? And I started helping out the HR lady with organizing lunches, organizing birthdays. And in the end, she just came to me and she's like, you know what, Steph, can you do do this from now on that you just take control over the birthdays and the lunches because you seem to know what you're doing you seem to enjoy it as well I was just like yeah actually I do like doing this and the more stressful the the job I was actually in became I was just realizing I actually want to make this as my job as like helping out people organizing lunches organizing events helping people with questions if they're all all like you know helping them out if they just want to have a chat because that happened as well that I would just be in the kitchen with them having a chat trying to help them through stressful moments because everybody was quite stressed in that um, environment and then I just for me it was it was kind of new because in Belgium you don't really have jobs as an office manager so it was quite tricky for me to find out like okay what is the sort of job that I can do where I can organize these events and help out people and look into because I even helped out a bit with health and safety when I saw that the light bulb was you know was wasn't um, was off or wasn't working or anything like that so I kind of picked up on those things and so that's when I when I put all those words together I kind of found on Google like oh office manager yeah that sounds good let's let's kind of dig in um, into that and it is quite tricky to find a job as an office manager without any experience or anything like that and especially because I was only in the UK for two years at that time so it was kind of tricky to find a job as an office manager but luckily for some reason I call it a miracle I guess is that I found a job 
description where they were asking for an office manager that could speak Flemish and I don't know about you but there's not a lot of office managers out there that can speak Flemish so it was quite it was yeah it was really really good I applied for the job I got the job quite quickly I only had to do like one one or two interviews and the second interview I already kind of had uh, got the job so um, I just had to come in and sign the the um, contract so that's how I got into office management and even then at that at that point it was still not really what I expected because it was basically office management plus building manager and that was for somebody with no experience it was a lot all of a sudden to be a building manager and office manager I, I did the job though for two and a half years, but it wasn't exactly what I really had in mind. So after two and a half years, something like that, I went to Love Holidays and I absolutely loved Love Holidays. It was a lot, it was fun. I got a bit more like the feeling of what it is like to be an office manager for a big office as well, because at that time there were about hundred and 20 or 140 people and we grew to 200 and plus 200 people in about a year's time so I just arrived at the end of a fit out so I got involved with like the snagging list and it was for me that was the first moment that I realized like okay this is this is a lot of fun you know it's office manager plus recept I also sat a reception so I really, really enjoyed being an office manager there. Unfortunately, COVID <laughs> happened and, you know, an office being an office manager in a travel agency was not the best role to be in um, around that time. So unfortunately, I had to, I, I made the decision to, to leave Love Holidays and I moved on to, I found a new job quite quickly, which was quite surprising in, in the current environment at that time to, to find a job that quickly. So I moved on, didn't stay there long because I felt a bit overqualified for for the role. I didn't I, I think they expected more a receptionist plus a bit of extra office management, but not not a full on um, office manager. And um, so I ended up at Ancestry. And so all in all, I didn't I think I've been an office manager for plus five years now. I'm no longer with um, Ancestry. I'm now with Research Partnership. So I've been here for almost three months. So and and enjoying it very much. So yeah, I would say probably I don't know the exact years, but I've been an office manager for probably six plus years now. So still very much enjoying it. Good. And it almost that sounds like it felt like home to you when you got to love holidays and and found that role did it did it just kind of fit with you you know like I I remember when I found the office management role and the love for it and I just felt this is this is for me and you just get almost like when you go looking for a new home or something and everyone knows you just know when that's the home you want or you just know these things in life did it feel like that for you when you had landed that role and you'd start and thought yeah this is this is just right it did because I think I loved working in travel anyway. Um, even from my previous job, I loved working in travel and then to become an office manager in a travel agency. And because the company was doing really, really well. So all the events that I got to organize, you know, we could spend a bit more money and the people that were there were just so lovely and helpful. And it just made my my life as an office manager so much easier. And so when I first started it, yeah, it just felt like, okay, yeah, this is exactly what I needed. And that's, it's mainly there where I 
just kind of fell in love with the role of office manager. What is it exactly that you love? Like what is your one or two, you know, top things or feelings that you get from being in an office management role? It's just mainly helping people. I just get a nice feeling when I can help out people, even if it's when they have any issues or for example, here at Research Partnership, they didn't had a lot in the office before I joined and even little things I put some flowers out on the tables or we got fresh fruit in now and people are just so so happy with it so you know even small things if I can help create these things for people to enjoy coming into work I I just love doing that and you know the appreciation that you get from it as well is just it's just so so nice so I think helping out people and also people might know this but I love organizing events and, and things like this so that's that's what I enjoy doing most Good. so yeah it I completely agree and it can be one of those roles where you don't get that feedback and you don't get that satisfaction because or you don't get the the, the thanks for it because people don't always recognize you know exactly what you've been doing so how do you ensure that you do get satisfaction from it you know in what as I say can be quite a thankless job and what is important to you in your role I think the satisfaction is always good for to get feedback and even if you don't get feedback my tip is to ask for feedback then because otherwise you might think that you're doing a good job because people are not giving feedback but then afterwards you might hear like oh actually people are not that happy about things so it's always good to ask for feedback um, with people and you know even I know it's always difficult to hear bad feedback but even bad feedback is good for you to become even better in your role than than you already are so it's very important to make sure that you don't take it personally the feedback as well because otherwise you you go home and you just feel disheartened and they don't mean it that what you don't they don't mean it like that so for them it's just to make sure that that you know what is going on and um in the end once you've addressed those issues then you know everybody's super happy and you're happy because then you get the only thing you get is good feedback then in the end and is that how you would recommend getting that that sort of satisfaction and making sure that people know what you're doing to raise your profile internally is is to ask for feedback and kind of say how am I doing how did that go is that typically what you do Yes. I mean, I've only learned it in the hard way to do that myself. So that's why I do do that now, asking people like, okay, is is there something that you think I could do better? Or because in the end, as I mentioned before, it's always difficult to find you always think that you're doing a good job. So for me, satisfaction that I know that I'm doing a good job and I hear from people that they're happy with what I do. Yeah, I really agree with that. I think um, that was actually mentioned in my talk yesterday at the show that it's so important to put yourself out there and ask for feedback because you then let people know you're you're open to it and you've opened up to it but also giving feedback is just as important as asking for it and receiving it so it 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 just encourages that and there are certain ways of giving that you know negative feedback that constructive feedback as well so yeah really important and fully agree so Steph you've been part of the office management portal for some time now how has it supported you in your role and, and what do you take from it by being part of that community? Because you've been involved in lots of things. You've, you're a very active member and I'm really grateful for that and the contributions that you make. But hopefully you can share some things that you, you get and take from it too. Oh, it was a, it was a massive help, um, the portal, because when I 
had my first job as an office manager I didn't know what I was doing so I just did the things that I thought like okay what was in the job description and I thought I was doing it correctly but then I got you know I found out about the the portal and all of a sudden I saw all these templates and all these extra things that you have to do so I was just it was overwhelming and I'm just so so grateful that I was able to you know go through all those templates and actually learn about health and safety and all that all those things because you might think like okay health and safety is just checking to see that there's no trip hazards and and all that sort of stuff but there's so much more about it so it was super helpful to have all those templates um they're available for everybody and not only that but to because as an office manager you kind of stand alone in in the role there's nobody in the office nobody really knows what you're doing so then it's super helpful that you can reach out to other office managers during the networking events during or even on slack that you can just go like okay is this normal if i if this is happening or if this is happening so and then you can then find quickly find out that it's not normal and you have to raise it somewhere so it's been it's been a huge, huge part of helping me to become the office, man- uh, office manager that I am now. So I'm, yeah, I'm super grateful for that. Amazing. And I know you have made lots of friends through the, through the network, which is something that I mentioned at the anniversary party. I know you were at as well. And it just, yeah, it's just so nice to see, because I think you were at one of our sort of first few ever events, weren't you? Was it the summer yeah. event that was your first one yeah. in 2018? Um, so yeah, you've been a long time member and it's so nice to have stayed connected with you and for you to be so still such an active member in, in I do hate the word because it sounds so cult-like, but in our community, <laughs> it's our network and our community and our little, a little world of, uh, of wonderful office managers. So yeah, I'm really grateful for that. So can you share something now with us, please, from your office manager diary and um, as Everybody probably knows by now that we call it a you won't believe it, but Steph. Yeah, well, actually, knock on wood, but I haven't really had any major incidents or made like really weird stories. But I think the one that's probably popped in my head is when this was 2020 and we decided to do a thank you to the staff party. So this was uh, as an appreciation day for the staff. And so we decided to make it a Mexican themed party. So we had food vendors coming in, like at the time at Love Holidays, we had this huge kitchen. So food vendors could actually install everything in there. And we had like a mariachi band coming in. I decorated the office with like colorful flags and Mexican themed items. But it was also right before COVID. And I, at the time, because it was the beginning of COVID, we didn't really know all the symptoms, but I was actually very, very ill the day of the event. But because I was the only one organizing everything, I was like, okay, I'll come into the office. So I felt super busy. Oh, were you a super spreader? Are you about to just confess that you were like a super spreader? (laughs) We don't know. We don't know. Disclaimers, no disclaimer, like all disclaimers on or whatever. I'm not sure what I'm saying legally here, but uh, no one can sue Steph. I'm just putting it out there now. I've probably boosted their immune system maybe so if they didn't get ill so that's fine but yeah I I I was super dizzy I was I had a fever I wasn't feeling well so the food vendors came in and I thought like okay I'm just gonna sit here let them do their thing obviously at the time when you're not feeling well and everything is like manic in the office that's when everything goes wrong as well so 
the food vendor came in and was like, oh, the electricity is not working. So I had to then try and find the landlord somewhere to, or the building manager to get the electricity working. I had my manager at the time just constantly asking me like stupid, stupid questions about like, oh, how are we going to control this? And how are we going to control that? And it was just so much going on. Loads of people coming in, loads of emails whilst having a temperature of, you know, I think it was like 38, uh, 39 um, degrees that I had. So I was just feeling really, really rough. And then, yeah, just to try and get everything sorted. It worked out well in the end. And um, after the mariachi band came in, I think around 8 p.m., I called it a day. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go home now. I'm just going to rest. And didn't go to uh, to work for another five weeks and <laughs> because I was in bed for that long. And then we went into lockdown. So that was the last time I actually saw most of my colleagues, unfortunately. Oh, wow. Well, at least it went out with a bang, hey? With a yeah. mariachi band. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay, yeah. I mean, it is... It's crazy, isn't it? Like the, the stuff really well and truly hits the fan when you don't need it to. And it typically does happen, as you say, when you're already at your limit, um, especially when you're unwell. It's, it's so difficult. You know, there's such a reliance on us in these roles. And there's that guilt, isn't there? Almost like what I get sometimes with my son as mum guilt. I used to have office manager guilt of I have to go in and I've just got to get myself up regardless of how ill I am, um, which isn't always good for us. Well, it's generally never good for us, actually, is it? But there we go. Thank you for sharing that. My tip for the episode this week is around health and safety. Health and safety is a minefield and particularly in the UK, there is so much that we should be doing, need to be doing, but probably aren't doing. So to start simple, my tip on this one is to do your checks. Get on the HSE website, that's the Health and Safety Executive here in the UK, or if you are outside of the UK, go to the website that your government um, owns in relation to health and safety, do a Google search and find that site and look for five to ten tips or pieces of the law that you should be doing and implement them. For example, with uh, typical office health and safety law here in the UK, you should have a named and competent health and safety officer. And by competent, that doesn't mean someone who knows nothing about health and safety or health and safety law. They should have done some form of health and safety training, even if it is just an online e-learning course or something like that. Make sure they're named and added to your health and safety executive poster that should be in your um, office on your notice board. The second piece moving on to the notice board is to have that in place and is to make sure that you have got your um, fire marshals first aiders listed, that you've got a map of your fire uh, evacuation or assembly point there, that you've got locations of your first aid boxes and maybe also a commitment around health and safety that's signed by the CEO or managing director or whoever it might be. And in addition to that, particularly here in the UK, it is law, and I believe it is, it is in most other countries around the world as well, to have your employee liability insurance certificate on display, the, the sort of proof that you have employee liability insurance because your employers have a right to see that. Next, you want to make sure that you've got your risk assessments in place. You should have a general office risk assessment covering all your work-related activities around the pieces that are hazards 
within your business. So the things that you can and can't see. So trip hazards and manual handling and desk assessments in terms of using computers, all physical things that we can see. But then also things like mental health and stress and perhaps travel or um, I don't know, delivery drivers and the things that you can't necessarily see that are occurring in your business should be detailed um, when they are hazards, when they have the potential to cause harm to individuals and then bullets on how you mitigate those risks. Next should be then your policies, information, instruction and training. So what your policies say is your responsibilities as the employee versus our responsibilities as the employer, who to report issues to, what your process is in terms of, let's take, for example, DSE assessments. So we will do your DSE assessment training once a year um, or when there's a change or whatever it might be. It is your responsibility to tell us when there is a change in your circumstances or, you know, when you um, are struggling and you're in pain or whatever it might be. And we will support you as best as we can. And, you know, there might be a policy around how much equipment and budget that you give to them there as well. Um, and then the information, instruction and training. So quite simply is what it says on the tin. You need to make sure that you disseminate that information to people to share with them your policies in relation to health and safety or information around it. Give them training. You know, we should all be doing a brief induction training with all of our staff, with all of our employees so that um, people know you know from the start that they're in these businesses what they should be doing to keep themselves safe what we do to keep them safe them safe and what they should be doing to keep other people safe because that is a requirement in the law and doing additional training for people who are in certain roles like for example office managers receptionists and IT support and sometimes events and marketing teams will typically be the um, departments that I see who need manual handling training so giving them some form of manual handling training depending on how often they're doing it from perhaps a YouTube video that you've watched which is good quality and you get them to watch it and sign off on that versus then bringing someone on site to do in-person manual handling with them and maybe something in the middle which is an e-learning training on manual handling that you buy from online. Um, finally it really is around the DSE assessments and making sure that you are inviting people to take part in training and self-assessment forms, whatever way that is that you do that, around display screen equipment. So those people who work with mobile phones regularly for their job, laptops, computer screens, AV screens, um, tablets, et cetera, all of that counts as visual display units, which then um, count as your people, your users being DSE users if they're using it regularly as part of their roles. And we need to make sure that we are giving them training and a self-assessment check at least annually or when there is a change. So do your health and safety check. Get to know five to ten things that you should be doing legally to protect your staff on behalf of your employer. Get it down, get the evidence in place, and I'll get um, some more tips on health and safety shared over the next few episodes. So what are your proudest moments now? Can you share some of your, your wins and successes? Yeah, of course. I think the proudest moment is that I'm actually, every time I go into a new office, I kind of make the role my own and put my own stamp on it. I never want to really replace the previous office manager. And every time I come into a new office, they appreciate that and they're super happy. And 
I remembered the first time I became an office manager, you know, that was when I still didn't had all the knowledge, but I won several awards saying like, oh, thank you for all your work. And even now I'm with research partnership for three months, already had the CEO commenting on uh, saying like, I've heard such great feedback about you keep up the good job. And it's just because, you know, I make it my own. I make sure that everybody's happy. Everybody is, you know, I try to be there if they need just a chat. So I kind of want to become a friend, but also make sure that don't take it too far because I am still an office manager. I still want to make sure that everything is smoothly. Like, you know, I will still send an email out if I can find like loads of rubbish in the kitchen or anything like that. But I think for me, that's, yeah, that's the biggest satisfaction just to make sure that everybody's just happy in the office. And that for me is the biggest achievement if people are happy in the office and they know that they can come to me. And I think one of the biggest successes for me is that, yes, I've done a few different jobs now as an office manager. I worked for a few different companies, but I'm quite proud to say that when I was made redundant with Ancestry, it literally was a week and I found a new job. So I think that for me was a big, big success. And I think it's kind of to do with when I do my interviews, I myself, like I'm quite a positive person. I'm quite a happy person. So, and I think that's the biggest success because I can stay myself, I can stay happy. And you can see that in the result that I find a new job, like literally in a week's time. Yeah, absolutely. And it and again, you know, you've got a lot of self-motivation here in this role and self-satisfaction, which is so important, I think, in a, in a lot of aspects of our life, but particularly when you are in an office management role, because you aren't always going to get, you know, some people we speak to in the network, right, they are not getting that praise and that satisfaction. And it can be really disheartening again, and kind of demoralizing or can just push them to a point where they're they're not satisfied, and they're actually becoming resentful. So the fact that within three months, you've had a thank you from the CEO is definitely something to be proud of, because they don't always make time to say thanks. And depending on how large the organization is, you know, they they won't necessarily be able to do that personally either. But um, that that definitely shows that you've made an impact. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I couldn't believe it when you told me that you were made redundant. And then within a week, you're messaging saying, I've got a new job. And I was like, what? (laughs) People haven't even got themselves together to go and apply for a new job in that space of time and get their acts together that quickly. So yeah, absolutely kudos to you for smashing it. And it's so important to relax in interview situations and be yourself. How do you think or what is it specifically? You know, you you have, as you say, been in a few companies now over the last few years for the first time as the office manager. And it's similar to me, although not in such a small space of time, but I was kind of a two, three year person because I got a little bit bored of not having the challenges and I wanted the pay jumps, but also wanted more autonomy and more, more responsibility. So I went from bigger companies to smaller companies to get that. And I really loved getting to grips of things, getting things in the right way and process which is why I probably set the business up but I know when I went into those places I had certain things I would always look at and do and roll out and I knew it would make immediate impact but for you is there anything you consciously do do you think going into a new organization as the office manager what do you prioritize what do you look at first and how do you make that impact that you talked about well so for example here with research partnership when I came in to see the office I could already see like okay this is what I can do. So for me, I 
want to go to an office and kind of see what the challenge would be because you don't really want to go to an office and just think like okay this is what I've done before great I know what it is that's fine I'll go for that so I try to go to a, when I go to a different office I try to find a challenge that I can challenge myself so for example I've never really done a fit out before from start to finish and here with this company we are planning to do a fit out later later this year so that for me was like okay I'm going to go for that job. I know it was, you know, a lot of people said to me like, oh, you're just going for this job because, you know, you've just been made redundant. It's the first offer that you got. And I, in the beginning, I thought like, yeah, maybe that's the reason. But when seeing the offers, I was just like, okay, there's a lot of things that I can do here. So this is for me pushing myself. And that's what you want, what you want to do because I don't want to really go to a new company being comfortable, but also kind of being bored after a while. And that's why I, that's the main thing that I look for when I join a company, because when I left Love Holidays, I left that the new company after four months because there was just no challenge for me there. And that's when I realized like, okay, the next few jobs that I have, I tend to be like two years, three years. I'm hoping to stay longer this time because I do want to, you know, I do want to stay in a company for a long time, but that's why like with Ancestry and our research partnership, I looked into how can I challenge myself? What can I learn in the job? Like I want to continue learning. Like there's still so much more for me to learn. So yeah, that is very important. If I join a new company, that there is a challenge, even if it's, for example, oh, I can look after a different office. So with when I left Love Holidays, that was one of the reasons because I was looking after the office in Wales and that was with Ancestry, I would be looking after an office in Germany. So I look for new things for, to add to my list of um, office management. What do you look for to sort of make that impact? What are those quick wins when you go into the office? for the first time as their new office manager? Is there anything specific that you do that does make an impact? So for example, I would see, I would walk around, see what I can improve. Here in Research Partnership, I could see there was no coffee machine. So I would get a new coffee machine. There's a lot of cables around as well. So straight away, I was like, okay, we need to do something about the cable. So I've been tidying up the cables. Um, we are going to get a fit out company in. So basically what I did I went to the CEO because he's in the office three days a week. So I went to the CEO and with my manager and I said like, okay, these are the things that I want to improve. So I want a new cleaning company. I want to do this. I want to do that. And he sat down, we discussed all the cost of how much it would be. And then we just went, went ahead with it. So at the moment we have then the new coffee machine. We've got the fresh fruit. We are, we've been discussing to get the new cleaning company in. So there's a lot of things that for me, I want to do, like I said, the quick wins. I want to show them like, look, I'm not here just to talk about it. I want to do something about it. And with a fit out as well, hopefully we can get it signed off in the next few weeks. And even if it's been, so for example, the Wi-Fi in the office isn't great either. So I've joined the IT team and helping to push to get that signed off as well. So it's just for me to yeah, just come in and and do things rather than just talking about it. Yeah, being a do and being very observant, right? Because you have to open your eyes up to see the opportunities that are there because some people just can't see those kind of yeah. things that particularly aren't in office management roles. So great. So what about the challenges for you, not necessarily in the role that you're in at the moment, but over the course of your office management career, what 
have been or are your biggest challenges and how do you overcome them? I think the biggest challenge was, so for example, I worked in an office before where they didn't really appreciate things and it actually dragged me down. I questioned being an office manager and um, it's it's very, very difficult, especially because as everybody that's an office manager knows that you don't always get a thank you because yeah, people don't always know what you do. You work in the background. So that was for me, really really difficult to kind of say to people like hey I am here I do I'm doing my job like you might see improvements you just you might not notice it but there are improvements and to overcome this I think I, I I'm not gonna lie I did really struggle with it in the end I tried to that's when I started asking for the feedback rather than you know letting people wait for for getting the feedback so that really really did help And I didn't stay in the company in the end, but I also think, okay, if people don't say thank you, as long as you have a few people that are very, very grateful, that already helps for me. So if there's nobody that says thank you, I'll be like, "Mm, okay, I will still struggle with it. But as long as I know there are a few people that really appreciate what you do, especially if it's your manager or anything like that, if the people that are very important to you appreciate what you do, I think that's already good enough for me, for myself to, to overcome that whole feeling. And it makes such a big difference because now I'm loving being an office manager again, because people have been so appreciative um, about it. But yeah, I think that's been really, really difficult. And also I heard it in a few podcasts uh, of a few people that they said the hybrid working is not not easy, especially when organizing events. For example, we have a few people that work on a Tuesday, other people work on a Thursday in the office to try and find that balance to have, you know, as many people in for an event has been quite tricky. But again, it's all about feedback then, you know, if you ask like, okay, what do you prefer? Should we split it, you know, change it every every month that we do one day on a Tuesday, one day on a Thursday? Thursday so that's how you can kind of overcome that so yeah feedback it keeps on coming back (laughs) I think it's feedback and communication as well by the sounds of it there Um, but also it is your your overcoming is very much about identifying opportunities and understanding yourself a lot better you know that that's something you need in order for you to stay motivated some people don't need that that feedback and that praise ultimately um, and the thanks but it's similar to me like I as a kid always used to go home to my parents and be like well what did I do at school and you know I got an A today and I just want them to go well done Hannah you know pat my head like well done little yeah. girl you know I just I was just always that kind of person that needed it and, and when I got that well done I was like I'm gonna go and smash it at school again tomorrow and that was just my attitude and it was the same in work and so similar to you when there when it felt like there wasn't a lot of appreciation for the work and the value that I was bringing I either had to figure out a way of finding it myself to go home and go no I've done a really good job today or to to push for it and to say to my line manager were you happy with that and things one of the things I did with office moves very typically because my boss was the was the MD you know he was very very senior sort of second most senior man in the company and whenever I did an office move I would write to all of the people internal and external involved in that move saying thanks everybody because I wanted him to see it's not me that that does all this and certainly not on my own but I would always then get him writing back to them or saying cheers and often a separate email from him saying thanks so much Hannah for organizing another fantastic event so I had like little ways of making sure I still got my praise but also whilst publicly 
praising and appreciating other people so yeah I think that is a challenge people and the hybrid working I mean goodness we yeah don't get me started there <laughs> let's let's not go there this will turn into a ranty podcast <laughs> I'm so I'm so sick of the the stories that are starting to come out from it in terms of the difficulties people are having and the complaints staff are having about each other now and yeah. all these other things you know it's certainly seeming to have more negative uh, effects now than than the good it's certainly not as balanced as it was but there we go yeah so how do you personally make your role a success is there anything in terms of a tip or two you've already shared some as we've gone through but any other tips or singular tip that you can share with our listeners yeah I would just say be yourself because I've noticed if you try to be somebody else just to please the people in your office you're not going to be happy in your role anyway so just be yourself people will appreciate for who you are and you're just more lively and happy and you'll be happier in your role and that shows in your work as well so I always say just be yourself and as I mentioned a few times um, during the chats like feedback as well because it's it is very important just to get that communication communication in general is it just helps you it helps you in your role and it helps out others as well so I think those are the tips that most of the office managers will say as um, you know throughout the years that they've learned how to communicate I had to learn how to communicate with others and don't let one bad critique, you know, get you down because it's not personal and just, you know, take some tips from it and improve those, those things. And then next time you'll get great feedback. So, um, yeah, just, just be a happy self <laughs> is, is what I could say. <laughs> you are such a positive person. So it's probably easier for you sometimes to say <laughs> it than other people, but it's, it is important to relax and be yourself. And if, you know, I often say to people that if you're not enjoying most of the elements of your role, you're probably in the wrong job. And that stands in most professions. And some people clearly don't have a choice in what they do because it's just a case of I've just got to earn money. But when you do have, let's say, let's say the luxury of choice, um, if if you don't feel like office management is for you, then then change it up because it's not it's not for the faint hearted. I think we've had that conversation in one of our episodes before. Tell us about your aspirations. Where do you see yourself in the next few years? Where where does Steph want to, to be and to grow? Even if that's responsibilities or specific job titles, share, share that with us if you can. I always wanted to become a people's director. So I know I would need to learn HR for that, um, which hopefully I will start doing that. But that will be in not in the next five years. What I would love to do, though, is kind of manage my own team. So, for example, I know it will be tricky in this company, but, you know, if we would have a receptionist that I would be that manager for the receptionist, or even if we get a junior office manager, if the company is growing and I have more responsibilities within the company that I would need somebody to help me out. So that I would love to do that um, because now as well with, we have a social committee here in the office to help with events. And I, I, I kind of love like not being bossy or anything like that, telling them what to do, but I kind of like helping them as well to grow in their role. So I know it's just organizing events, but you know, you, you learn that it's not the easiest thing you need to be organized. You need to, you have deadlines and everything like that. So I like to help them get there or you know if if they haven't done anything for a while I'm just like oh okay where are we at so yeah I think I would love to kind of be a manager over a small team and it would be great I really enjoyed 
being an office manager for another office as well. I've I've done it with um, two previous companies and I kind of like to do that in the future again. But yeah, I think for now, being like a manager of my own small team, that would be that would be the thing that I would love to do in the next few years. And then we'll see. Then hopefully HR after that, like learning HR in the meantime and become a people's director. Yeah, you're definitely a people person, aren't you, by the sounds of it? And and you know, that um I think it's more like mentoring by the sounds of it that you're doing, not being bossy with the <laughs> um with the social committee there. Yeah, because if people don't know what they're doing and people are new to it, and you know, we've got lots and lots of different new generations coming into the workforce now and lots of demand from the workforce on the companies to provide um all sorts of different services and events and gifts and so on and so forth. So it's very important to make sure that we're sharing our knowledge and experience because otherwise I you know I only learned by asking the questions and by you know other people sharing their knowledge and information with me so the more that we can do that and particularly when you are appointed as a manager of just even one person you can have such a positive impact on their career and we can all probably think of times when we've had a good manager and we've had not necessarily a bad manager but one that in comparison wasn't quite as effective for us and we didn't quite click with um and and why and what the qualities were about that manager that made them better than what we'd had in the past or whatever else it might be so it can be a really fulfilling position to be in so I, I completely agree and understand why you have that as an aspiration Steph so well thank you so much for joining me on the office manager diaries it's been really nice to catch up because I've not seen you for a little while as well so albeit we're virtual but it's very nice to see you and I really hope you yeah. enjoy the lovely long bank holiday weekend and all the bank holidays we've got coming up because we're, we're recording this at the end of April um yeah yeah I will hopefully see you in person very soon yeah yeah I'll definitely be there for the next event <laughs> thanks Steph thanks so much Hannah This episode of the Office Manager Diaries is sponsored by the Office Management Awards, a global awards programme aimed at recognising, rewarding and celebrating office management professionals around the world. Tickets to this year's ceremony are on sale now, taking place in London on Thursday the 15th of June. For more information, go to www.theofficemanagementgroup.com forward slash the hyphen awards and we really hope to see you there.